0: Welcome to the Once Upon a Leader in Africa podcast with George Nuthu. We invite you to listen to influencers and opinion shapers narrating their experiences from their leadership roles in Africa, from the world of business, community development, government, corporate, social enterprise, among others. We will glean from their good bad and ugly side of their leadership journey and be inspired to overcome adversity, to pursue success against all odds, to be a great leader, and many other lessons. Welcome to the podcast, and here's George Nudu. Hello,
1: Carol, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you, George. It's great to see you. Thank you. So good to see you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest in in my podcast, uh, Once Upon a Leader in Africa, and really watching your career growth over a number of years. I've seen you just progress in your leadership roles, and it's a great honor
2: to have you here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, George. Thank you for having me. It's also a great honor to be interviewed you and to be on your podcast. I've been enjoying the conversations that you've been running there and just putting on record various lessons, you know, from leaders' life's journeys. There's so much to learn. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Okay, welcome, welcome. And let me just kick it off by you telling us what's your current
2: leadership role. Yeah, so I'm currently the marketing director, serving as a marketing director at Trail Media Services, and that has uh, a lot of facets to it. So, marketing has a lot to do with uh, demand creation. Real Media Services is a company that uh, is an umbrella company, may I say, to 14 radio stations and three uh, television stations and two digital brands. I say three because uh, the third edition, Ramogi TV, was just launched um, in December, making it about six months old. So it's a baby in the stable. It's a company that continues to grow you know, both in terms of our audience reach and in terms of our our brands reach to the the very audiences. So I'm responsible for creating demand for those brands. And lately, recently, I've also been uh, privileged to bear an additional responsibility of um, spearheading the digital transformation for the company. So just leading a team to work on the journey that is uh, to reflect our dominance that we have on our radio and TVs, onto our digital space. So that's, in a nutshell, my current um, leadership role. It seems quite, uh, quite large. How do you manage it? It's large. It's a lot. It's versatile. It, is, uh, it keeps changing. It's a rolling ball. Eh? And um, just like the space we are in, you know, the media space is highly dynamic and it keeps growing and changing. So we are forced to bear the same characteristics as leaders in the space. But how do we manage? You can't do it without people. So we work with great teams of people across all these platforms I've mentioned. You know, a majority of our radio stations are vernacular, 12 of them out of the 14. Mm-hmm. So these are people that are speaking in mother tongue and engaging in issues that are varied, as varied as the regions are, yeah. you know? yeah. So the people are really what make it possible to execute, you know, and deliver on this huge responsibility. Oh, Okay, well, thank you. Maybe just to digress a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself, Carol. It's a question that, that always sounds so simple, yet requires such thought and depth, eh? because we are defined by many facets of life. But um, I say that my biggest anchor to my identity is God, so I'm not shy to say that when you ask me who I am, I am a child of God, right? And he makes it possible to do and to be all that I am, Right. Building from that, I am a lady in her mid 40s, young, mid 40s young. As yeah. <laughs> sanguine, when I say sanguine, I hope it caps a lot of who I am, predominantly sanguine, but also one who loves my space and um, silence when it demands, because that sort of rejuvenates me. Yeah. So I'm a curious person, very goal oriented, very, can be spontaneous. I see life from a very optimistic view. Uh, despite its ups and downs. I'm a natural, I love to nurture. That gives me a lot of joy. I'm a good listener and I love conversations just as you do. So just listening and getting to learn from people in their life's journeys. I'm a mother of three lovely children who give me such energy and joy above it all. Thanks. Great. Thank you so much. And you said you like to learn.
1: In your leadership journey, what are some of the things that you have learned that
2: have helped you succeed in your leadership roles the lessons in leadership are many the lessons in leadership are many and if i can just bring a few to the top of my mind one has been that um you know it's been a lesson about life about life not being a straight line you know and we know it, it and it sounds cliche but you you get to leave it and understand as a leader that things that will not always flow according to plan you may draw a straight line from plan A to plan Z, but what happens in the middle is a lot of ups and downs and higher ups that you may not necessarily anticipate, so you must bear a really open mind as a leader and be willing to learn, be willing to embrace the zigzags of the, land, of the line that is life, and um, you know, seize opportunities in the process, seize lessons, and uh, grow. That's been the biggest learning for me. Because you make plans, you come into leadership with grand plans, but then they don't always flow according to scripts, right? So it builds your character on, on endurance and on embracing the process of leadership. So in terms of leadership attributes
1: and, and abilities, what can you say have helped you contribute in your
2: role? So I think the key role in marketing is about creating demand, as I was saying earlier. So you're taking out a product that you have put together and you're, you want it to be loved. You want it to be embraced by your consumers, by your advertisers. So some of the skills that have come into play there that have learned to hone is those of the ability to listen, you know, even to the unspoken, right? As you lead teams, there's things that they will not say, but you will read and, and hear from them, be body language, it tones in the way things are said. They, they'll be the unspoken even with the consumers, with the advertisers. And you need all that feedback in order to deliver to them and keep refining products that make sense to them, right? I've learned to listen better in the process. The other is the ability to convince because you may have all that you may have, but uh, it must be delivered in a way that your audience will buy whether it's the team that you're leading, they need to buy into your vision, into your process and your goal. Whether it's the consumers that we're taking out our products to, they need to buy into our story, into our programming. So a lot of convincing and selling, as it were. And then um, I would also talk about the ability to take people as they are. In order to bring out the best in people, you must, see them, you must see them for who they are and work with their strengths. Sometimes that they may not see, but you need to have that bird's eye view to to be able to to see what they may not see and to bring that out to add to whatever it is that you need to to deliver.
1: Well articulated thank you for that really and, and I like that bit about listening and there's a book I have, you know, it's called Leading by Listening. And thank you for sharing that and you in your space is I believe is very crucial. Tell tell us, Carol, what are some of the things that you
2: have enjoyed in your leadership role? Uh, thanks for that question. Um, I've enjoyed a lot in the journey of leadership, but a lot of it has had to do with uh, the opportunity to impact the lives of those around me and the lives of those that I'm leading. yeah even as we go out there and um, as we market the brands that are real media brands today and previous brands engaged with, yeah, it's it's very gratifying to impact lives with information, with education with knowledge, and just leave them better than where you found them. And, of course, in the process, I've enjoyed learning. Thank you for sharing that, what you enjoyed. So, Carlo, what do you endure? I think endurance comes into play across, daily almost, right? Uh, because sometimes the tasks that, and the goals you're trying to work towards seem larger than the resources that you have available because leadership doesn't always uh, present you with perfect scenarios, right? So you must do what you need to do, sometimes with limited resources. So you endure long hours, maybe. You may give, if I may give an example, a practical example, you're stretched sometimes to your limits and uh, that takes a lot of endurance and resilience. The other endurance um, aspect is on dealing with people and the various personalities I mentioned before. You know, the variety is the spice of life, they say. And you meet that variety in your leadership journey. <laughs> and so how you handle one person is different from another. How you bring out the best from one person is different from another. So that sometimes it tests you and it calls for your endurance.
1: Yeah, definitely. I like the way you have said it. As you said, the heart of you know leadership and organizations is people and they come in all shapes and, and colors. So just managing that, you know. And also like what you said uh, earlier, you know, taking people as they are, and definitely there'll be that challenge because they are not the same. You can't treat people the same. In terms of keeping your leadership edge sharp, I know you said you like to learn. What other things help you to stay on the sharp edge of your leadership?
2: I, I do a lot of reading instructional books that, I, that give guidance and just bring freshness to, to, to the journey that is the leadership, that is uh, the industry. That, uh, that I'm in. So you'll find me reading books. I listen to a lot of podcasts like yours. I, I listen to a lot of TED Talks, you know, and uh, we'll always be looking out to, for short courses on various areas, as it is now I'm looking into hopping on one on digital migration and just what that takes for our space to thrive, the media space. So it's that continuous yearning and curiosity and hunger to learn and finding resources that are relevant to quell that. Carol, at least you have told us how far, I mean,
1: what you have been up to now. I just want to look back, looking back, which was your first leadership
2: role? As early as we were given instruction and responsibility in the house, that was leadership, you know. When you think of school, I remember high school and being a class, prefect, class monitor all through. That was the earliest memory I have of leadership. And it played a huge role and building confidence into the corporate leader that I am today. So now back in the corporate scene, um, my, my earliest form of leadership was at KTN, a previous media house I worked in, where I was business manager in the sales department for selling both, both the newspaper, standard newspaper, and uh, uh, KTN, the station. Mm. So that takes me back about 20 years ago.
1: So you have been on these things for quite some time, Carol.
2: Oh, well, if we could say so. And I think leadership starts from very early. We are all leaders in our different yeah. spheres and roles, in the little things we do, you know, and inspiring. Yeah. It starts early, I think. And that's why I like to see it even as I raise children today, just yeah. uh, making them feel that at, at a very early age, you can impact the world and impact, you know, some skills that will be needed at various forms.
1: Okay, looking at some of your leadership
2: moments, uh, which one was your lowest? Low moments are part of the journey, like I mentioned. The lowest one, I don't know, lowest one, but one of the ones that comes to mind is being bypassed, quote unquote, for a, for a promotion that I felt I was ready for and I was best suited for, right? And I, I remember the time feeling like I had become a victim of my own success quote unquote, you know, but there are many lessons still learned at that point, right? Um, the role, I mean, the, the promotion did come later, but at that low point, there were lessons to do with, I think sometimes you work and you're, you're so focused on the job and you forget that there's so many elements that come into play. There's uh, corporate politics that comes into play and other various small elements. So that put me on a low, very, very low point that I was able to grow from And thrive. And today when I see others in similar situations, uh, I'm I'm quickly able to, you know, to refer to my experience and hope that I can pull them out. Yeah. So that was a law. Thank you for sharing that. You've alluded to the fact that now
1: you're able to relate with people who have been almost in the same similar situation and you're giving them advice Mm -hmm. on that, which has been the best leadership advice you've ever gotten.
2: I think it ties to advice that I received at that time uh, when I felt like, uh, you know, it was on, on a low point in my leadership journey. And it was the fact that uh, what I referred to earlier, you know, life not being what you expect it to be as a leader. You may be taking a path that you see a sure end to, a successful end to, but it may not take the exact path that you define for it, that journey. So it's being open to embrace your, your errors to embrace your successes you know, in equal measure. Failure as part of life's uh, the leadership journey needs to be embraced in a similar way. So that's the advice I would give. There's no, uh, no experience should instill doubt or fear in you as a leader about your next move. If something is working, embrace it and celebrate the wins. Um, if it's not, put a hold to it and stop and define your next move. Own up. And, you know, move on from there. So there's no experience wasted. We keep growing. We keep growing as a leader. So risk, calculated risk is part of the beautiful journey that is leadership. The beautiful journey that is leadership.
1: I agree. If you had to use a metaphor, an image, or a symbol to describe your your leadership, what would that be?
2: I thought about that. And I thought about a symbol or I thought of an animal and said that would be an ego, right? Because an eagle has a, I see myself identifying some of the characteristics of an ego. Yeah, and that's in its tenacity and vision, right? Resilience, really, to keep going, to keep going and keep pushing. And an ego is also very nurturing of its young ones, which I see uh, is an element I possess. So it would be those, it would be that symbol that be the animal I would identify myself with, that bird, that is an eagle.
1: You know, what the Bible says about the eagle, you know, how uh, it soars high. And, and really, it's a, it's a yeah, good So
2: high, you know. yeah, thank you. In terms of, um,
1: and you know, this program really, it's audiences, uh, leaders in Africa, emerging and experienced leaders. And, and you really, in the media, you know, that's a that's a big, big industry. And, and you can see what is happening in Kenya and even in other countries. But in terms of talking about leadership within our continent, because, you know, we've been called a dark continent, yet we have the most resources. We have uh, the best human resources in the world, minerals and all that. What would you say we need in our leadership space to be able to reach our full potential
2: as a continent thank you george and um, the conversation around africa always excites me yeah because as you say there's a huge resource element in africa 1.2 billion population of 1.2 billion people across 54 countries lots of untapped resources yet um, marred by a lot of, you know, negative sometimes uh, characteristics when it comes to what is portrayed out there. So leadership from Africa, for Africa, would have to be highly inspirational. And why do I say so? We need to see ourselves as Africans using lenses, the same lenses that uh, people externally see us through, yeah? First world countries see us as a huge um, resource opportunity, as the fastest growth continent, you know, projection. So we need to be inspired. We need a leader who will help us see ourselves as we ought to, yeah? So that we may begin to lead within our own spaces here in Africa and whatever areas or whatever industries and sectors. We need to inspire young people to think, to be innovative and to just see what best can come out of our continent in order to place us where we belong, right? And the other sort of leadership uh, quality we would need, we need a leader that is consultative so that a lot more of the population of this continent is roped into decision-making, is roped into the creation of the vision that we want for our countries in Africa and for the Mm -hmm. continent. Because I think when it trickles down to everybody owning the space that we need to play in, then a lot more will be done. Yeah, because currently some. Time to get the sense that uh, we as Africans are looking for solutions out there while they really and truly lie with us. In terms of
1: you being a leader and the, the, the way it has shaped you as a person, uh, how does that look?
2: My leadership role has shaped who I am as a person today, my personality and character. And I see that alongside my ages, I've continued to grow as a leader. I was a younger leader once and now I have a bit more years in experience. And I think the earlier years were more concerned with putting myself out there and marketing my brand and proving that I can deliver. And then somewhere 10 years beyond there, I found myself now wanting to bear a bit more balance in my role as a leader. So I will not be out as out there as I was before because maybe I'm balancing other aspects of life, maybe it motherhood and now your private life. And so you are more I sele- felt more selective about which roles I would engage myself with, because you, you know, you want to, you're looking at time being a resource that is limited, you know. And then now at a stage that I am now, I feel more as a person who, uh, you know, I'm more interested in impacting. Um, and imparting knowledge in younger leaders, yeah. So my character has continued to evolve as concerns uh, that leadership are carved uh, in that sense. If you are to sit with a, a new appointed
1: marketing director or a CEO, you know, aspiring just to glean
2: from you what you have done, what would you tell them? My advice to them would be to be highly consultative, yeah. As I tried to allude to earlier, we don't have all the answers with us, right? And um, the fact that the other advice would be that people are your greatest uh, ingredient to success. You can't do these things alone. You need buy-in, you know. You need, uh, yeah, people, I mean, you need your teams to be fully, fully sold to your vision and to your journey and to where you're trying to end up, right? And then, of course, be ready to and willing to make mistakes. Nobody knows, nobody has all the answers at the beginning. If we did, we would not be needed, right? So take on your role and uh, indulge, immerse yourself, and um, own the outcome at whatever level. So, Carol, just,
1: just hearing uh, what you have shared with us, and uh, I think me recognizing that you have been in the media industry for almost over 20 years, and, and it has really, really changed. So what are some of the changes that you, you have seen, you know, from the time you started to now? And what kind of leadership is needed to take it to the next level?
2: Yeah, so a lot of uh, changes have been noted by all of us, you know, as concerns the media and the um, transition that has continued to happen over time, right? With the growth of technology, I think we've been, one of the spaces that have been um, mostly uh, affected in a positive way, you know, there's been huge growth in uh, when you think of radio, when you think of TV as it were. 20 years ago when I started, the newspapers were huge, you know, our source of news and information would be your news bulletins at one o'clock, 7 p.m., 9 p.m., read across radio and TV, but look at where we are today. George, you don't necessarily need Citizen TV to tell you um, the breaking news today at one o'clock because you'll have seen it on your Twitter as it happened, you know, breaking news on SMS, for example, that's one example. Look at even in the process of news gathering, when you think of the technology that we used back then, that the cameramen used to go out and film the the stories as they happened. Uh, is very different from where we are today, where, uh, you know, today with a nice... um, a smartphone, a good camera quality or not, you'll be able to record news as it happens around you. So there has been huge, huge changes, yeah, that has forced us to think on our feet and to try and move and keep up with the pace that the change is happening. When you think of content options that are available, you know, YouTube comes to mind and the variety of content available there of whatever genre, right? So gone are the days when you really needed to sit at 7 p.m. or 7.30 to watch your sitcom ETC. So what are we doing to align ourselves? You know, I alluded to the fact that we have um, started on a very huge and um, aggressive transformation towards a digital space so that our brands do not remain behind, so that our huge audiences out there continue to access us in the platforms of their choice. Yeah, so we are playing now hugely uh, on availing ourselves on the mobile devices and on the digital platforms that are out here, really, really listening to the consumer, like I was saying earlier, and understanding what they want from us and where they want to view us. Our YouTube viewership, for example, is huge. Yeah, so consumption of Citizen TV, for example, continues to be high, but a huge population is consuming it and streaming it off YouTube which was not the case before. So it's such a dynamic journey. We are taking every day, we are learning. Every day we are carrying out research and listening to our consumers and trying to charge the way forward. So I always say we don't have all the answers. Nobody does, but we keep moving towards the goals.
1: Well, well said, Carol. Thank you so much for that. I can just imagine, you know, and as you said, there has really been a change. I mean, I remember growing up in the 70s and 80s and just watching TV. It used to be from 5 till 11. You know, <laughs> it was black and white. I'm just going from those days. From that time, <laughs> there has been a major, major change. And I can just imagine what you guys are going through. So in terms of legacy, Carol, after all is said and done, what would you want people to say about your
2: leadership? I would want my legacy to surround um, the fact that I inspired a younger generation to come out into their greatness, right? Yeah, which is a, a key thing I try to do, which is to inspire those that I'm leading to take on the reins of leadership, right? And to redefine leadership, really, to, to be owned by whoever you know, at whatever rank, inspiring um, those, you know, I am leading and those that I'm being led by to live their best life and to create the best impact. Each of us has a role, there's a reason why and a purpose, why we are who we are. And so I'd, I'd love to inspire you to live to your purpose, even as you lead.
1: Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Carol. Any final thoughts
2: or things you want to say about leadership? Just emphasize uh, and challenge us all to, to redefine it, to redefine it. Sometimes people sit back and want to think that when I become a leader, you know, when I sit this exam and pass and pass this interview, and then I become a leader. But I think we have a huge challenge upon us to redefine that and to remind us all that we are leaders even as we are where we are right now? And how are we using our influence, you know, however little or much, to lead in whichever sphere we are? So redefinition of leadership is a challenge to all of us, including me. (laughs) Oh, wow. Thank you. I like that. Redefining our leadership.
1: That's very, very key. And I agree with you. Each of us, even if you do not lead people, you lead yourself. Let's start with leading ourselves, you know and becoming the best version of ourselves. And that will definitely influence and impact others. So that I agree with you. Well, Carol, thank you so much. It has been a great joy and honor having you in this episode. And I wish you success as you continue leading in that media space. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, George. It been a great conversation. Thanks for bringing out
0: uh, great insights even from within me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. We hope you're leaving with insights that will help you leave and lead better. We appreciate our sponsors BNG Consultants Limited and BNG Center for Leadership Coaching for keeping us on air. Bye for now, see you in our next episode.